Jesus said this, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And when Jesus said that, one translation says abundant life, uh, we believe he meant that for everybody. Hello? We meant, even people that aren't here today, he meant it for them. And, uh, and so they, they need to know that it's, he didn't come here for rituals. He didn't come here for religion. He came here for relationship. And uh, we're going to see that here this morning and how important relationship is. And so if you weren't here last week, though, catch podcasts. We welcome the podcast community uh, here with us today as well as we talk about another installment of your best Life. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Proverbs, and we'll get there in just a moment. We're going to talk about how important relationships are. Look at Proverbs 22, and if you don't have a Bible, it's on screen. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Is that clear enough? Just in case, do not associate with one easily angered. And here's why. Here's why. This is why it's important. This is why it's important who you hang out with. Or you may, what? Learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. You ever been called out in class and you weren't the one talking? There's a person next to you. But guilty by association. And you know, you had to go to maybe the principal's office. Do they do that anymore? Do you still go? It just nothing happens? Is that why? I, I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, it used to be, you know, oh, don't send me, you know. And, and what was worse is if they call your parents and because uh, then you get it even worse. But, you know, it's important who you're connected to. And so we're going to look this morning at having the right connections in our life because it, it can lead us into greater happiness, for example, A Harvard study suggests that relationships, not career development, hobbies, financial security, or material possessions make people happy. Those other things don't make people happy like relationships do in in their study. And the Bible says as we strive toward good relationships in our lives, it blesses other people, but then it also comes back, right? It's like a rebound effect. It, It blesses us in return as well. See, God designed us for a relationship, but the problem is our culture has, through technology, lulled some of us into devaluing the face-to-face relationships and connections. The research is staggering. Young people are more lonely and depressed than any generation before them. Isn't that crazy? Even though we're more digitally connected than ever before. I mean, we can connect with each other any moment, any time, any day, and, and yet we have more young people depressed and lonely than ever before. And on top of that, here, I want you to get this. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Isn't that true? Show me your friends, 
I'll show you your future. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So the Bible compares this and says, hey, if you hang around smart people, guess what? You'll get smarter. <laughs> Likewise, get around fools and you'll do foolish stuff. And so it just happens that way. And so even though we seem like we're connected, we're not always connected to the right people in our lives. Some of us are not connected at all, although we think we are. We, you know, there are people who get up in the middle of the night, check Facebook, did I miss something, you know, and, and yet feel so alone. You can have 1,700 Facebook friends and yet not one close friend. See, there's three types of poverty. There's material poverty, which we're familiar with. There's spiritual poverty, but there's also relational poverty where something is wrong, something is missing, and it's someone is missing in our lives. See, you could be one friend away from changing your destiny. Just, just one friend away. One friend could make a huge difference in your life. Yet, the average American, I'm told, has two friends. Some of us are a little overachievers, but that means many people are underachievers, have even less than two friends. So when you're thinking about life, and especially as a young person, you may be thinking about, you know, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be? What do I want to become? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to achieve with my life? Let me tell you something. Your friends will much determine that answer. Who you associate with. For Paul, in the Bible, in the New Testament, uh, some of you may be familiar with Paul. He wrote half or more of the New Testament. And, and here, here's who Paul was. He was Saul before he was Paul. And, and as Saul, he hated Christians. Some of you like Saul already, okay? He, he, he hated Christians. He said, he, I don't want anything to do with that stuff. That Jesus... We're talking about some guy coming back from the dead. Give me a break. And, and so he went around and said, we got to stomp this thing out. It's, it's like a cult. These people talking about Jesus coming back from the dead, they're crazy. And we got to snuff this thing out because now it's not just hundreds of people. There are thousands of people telling about this guy. And it's just taking over. And if we don't do something about it, it is going to take over. And so he decided to do something about it, and he would go around from town to town and see about locking up Christians and sometimes even having them put to death. And, and so then Saul has an encounter with the living Jesus, right? Anybody with me on that? Yeah, I've had one of those. 
And, and so when you have that, then it's like, okay, I guess he is alive. I guess this is true. And no wonder it's growing. It's true. It's real. And so then he becomes an apostle. He begins traveling around. And instead of killing Christians, he's supporting Christians. He's making Christians. And so he's still kind of new at this. And he wants to be a preacher. Okay, that, that's what he wants to do. I, I just want to give back. I, I've been trying to tear this thing down. Now, I, I want to build it up. I want to build it up. But here's the problem he ran into. Check us out in a historical writing of Acts. It says, when Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing he was a disciple. Now, come on now. Don't give them a hard time. If you knew somebody was going around killing Christians and all of a sudden they claim this grand turnaround and they want to come over for dinner, <laughs> how many of you wouldn't be home? <laughs> right? It's like, hmm, I'm not sure about this guy. Not quite sure. And so they weren't quite sure, but look what happened. Verse 27, thank God. Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. See, sometimes you need somebody who believes in you when other people don't believe in you. See, sometimes you need somebody in your life that, that thinks you're okay, even though you know you're not really all that okay. You're, you're not really all that you hope to be, but somehow they see the best in you. And, and, and so you need some people like that because let me tell you something. You need some people who are further down the road than you as well uh, that can pull you up to another level because when you're 16, you think like 16. And when you're 26, you think like 26. And when you're 56, you think like 56. And so we need other people in our lives that are further down the road to kind of help us out and speak into our lives. So who is that for you? Who is that? Here's why connections are important. We're going to look at three different connections that successful people have, three different connections that you need to be successful this year. Uh, we're going to pull these from a guy in the Bible whose name you may be familiar with. His name is David. He was the greatest king of Israel. Uh, he was responsible much for Israel conquering its enemies, for taking territory, for building up the kingdom, and for Israel becoming a great and influential nation at that time. He, he was a warrior. He was a songwriter, okay? Get this. Warrior, songwriter, musician, and a king. How many are 0 for 4? <laughs> All four of those things he had, he excelled in. But it wasn't just because of him. It's because of the friends he had in his life. And here's three connections, if you're taking notes, that every person needs in order to achieve all God wants you to achieve. Here's the first one. is a connection who makes you 
better. You need connections in your life, or at least a connection in your life who makes you better than you would be. And, and who David had is a prophet in his life by the name of Samuel. And Samuel was a guy who made people better around him. And, and here's what happened, and let me just set this up. There was another guy in the Old Testament called Saul. So don't get him confused with the New Testament Saul. And, and, and this guy was the first king of Israel. God said, hey, you people want a king? I'll give you a king. And, and, and he was a king who stood head and shoulders over everybody else, this big brawny guy. And, and he says, there, there you go, there's your king. And, and so Saul was doing great and things were happening and, and, and it was good, but Saul got off track. And Saul took matters into his own hands. I know you've never done that. But he took matters into his own hands. And as a result of trying to do it his way instead of God's way, God said, I'm rejecting Saul. And and we're going to put a new king in. And he spoke to the prophet Samuel. And he says, you need to just go and anoint the new king. And so Samuel goes, God leads him to the right house. And and so he says, okay, it's out of this family right here. And and so he goes and he says, hey, uh, bring all the boys out, uh, however many you have, and let's see. And and so he went to the oldest and and he says, okay, God, this this one's big and strong and all, uh, is this him? And he says, no. Okay, next. Well, his little brother's even bigger than him. How about him, God? No. And he went down the line, and finally they ran out of boys. And he says, do you not have another boy in the house? Well, we got one out back. And all he's good for is to watch a few sheep. And, and Samuel said, well, bring him in. And they brought this ruddy, complected kid in, and God says, that's him. That's the one. Because you look at what's on the outside, but I look at what's on the inside. Come on. How many are glad God does that still today? He doesn't judge you by the outside. He's looking down out of heaven today and he says, who's there in crossroads whose heart is toward me because that's the kind of person I can use. And so that's who he used. And here's what happens. He gets before him and pull it up for me. First Samuel, it says, then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. And so Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. I mean, they're all freaking out. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David because nobody in the house expected this. Nobody expected it. Even his dad was shocked at what was going on because God put it on a man's heart to look at not what man looks at, but what God looks at and to say what God has chosen and whose hand God is on. God is still looking for people like that. And I'm telling you, you can have people in your life who call greatness out of your life. Let me ask you, Are they the buddies from the office? Are they the guys 
at the gym? Are they the moms, the soccer moms that hang out together while their kids are playing? Are they in your English literature class that you hang out with? Do those people make you better? If not, you need new friends. All right? You need new friends. Because you need people who will encourage, people who will call out greatness. How many of you, you're closer to God today because somebody brought you along? How many of you, your marriage is better because somebody spoke into it? Somebody helped it. You're a better parent because somebody who was a better parent than you gave you some advice when you didn't know what to do. How many of you, your business is doing better because you got around a business person who knew what they were doing when you didn't have a clue? How many of you, you're financially more stable because you got around somebody who was? See, we need those kinds of people in our lives. Here's how Proverbs says it. Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Some of you, you weren't this sharp, (laughs) right? (laughs) Till somebody else helped you out. And now you can help somebody else out to be sharper. So, So we need friends who help us be better. But then secondly, you need a connection who helps you to be and to find spiritual strength, to have spiritual strength in your life. And for David, I'll tell you who this guy was. He was Jonathan. Jonathan. He was the son of the current king, Saul. He was Saul's boy. And he was actually in line for the kingdom, but he recognized God's hands on my friend. God, God's hands on him. And so uh, what happened is David started getting elevated uh, you know, after he killed Goliath and then he won some other battles. And here's what happened. He, he got a little better looking and the women started coming out in the streets and they started singing a song. They said, you know, Saul's killed his thousands, but David's killed his ten thousands. And how many know Saul didn't like those lyrics? He he didn't like those lyrics. And he got enraged. As a matter of fact, he, he pretty much went mad. He just got overwhelmed with the jealousy, and he began to plot the death of David. Take a look in Samuel. Here's, here's what he says. While David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, look what he does. He went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. Who is in your life that can help you Find strength in God when you need it. 
If you can't name somebody, then you need to get somebody because I'm telling you, even the people who are closest to God, people who have walked with God for a long time can be tempted, can be discouraged, can have stuff come against them. I mean, you look up here and you think, Craig, I'm sure that's not you. Oh, listen, friend, it's not me right now. (laughs) Okay, I'm not ready to quit yet. But don't talk to me tomorrow because I might be, all right? And and, and so you just never know in a person's life when they're going to need a little extra, a little encouragement, a little belief that you need people in your life that when you're down, they lift you up. When you're alone, they comfort you. When you need encouragement, they encourage you and not just hang in there, man. Oh, wow, great, because I didn't know what to do. Thank you so much. Wow. Now, go back to whatever you were doing, all right? That didn't help at all. But how many, when you need a friend, they come along and they say, hey, I believe what God says over what the enemy says in your life, and here's what God says, if God be for you, who can be against you? I want you to know the greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. How many of you are glad for somebody who knows something more than just a few words? They know the word. The word. I had somebody in my life like that. Keith Middall was a guy that was way older than me. He was like a dad to me, second dad. And, and, and when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, and I knew God's calls on my life, and then I started into ministry as a young man, it, 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 Keith would just say, oh, you, you've got it. You've got it. I, I'm telling you, you've got what it takes. And he would just call stuff out in me. And then he and his wife, one time, I was a junior in seminary. And, and as I was um, studying and preparing for ministry, um, I found out that day. Uh, here, here's how I'd find out. Young people, hang on to your seats, all right? Because I didn't have one of these. Uh, what I had was a phone on the wall, in the hall and the whole hall shared the phone you'd have to wait in line sometimes and and yeah it was you'd do this all right you didn't even know what that i'm talking about some of you all right so that's all right you you can watch a video of it and so so anyway uh my mom and dad called and, and told me my mom was diagnosed with cancer and she was going to have surgery that week. And of course, it rocked me. And uh, I wanted to be home, you know, and, and support my mom and be there with my family and everything. And uh, they said, you don't need to do that. You know, we're praying and everything. We prayed over the phone and all. And then right after that, I got a phone call from Keith and Beth. And they said, hey, We just want to tell you that you're where you need to be. You're called, and you need to keep studying, and you're honoring God where you are, and we've got this back here. I was eight hours away, and they said, we've got this. We've got your mom, 
and, and she doesn't need you as much as you need to be where you need to be right now. And they just spoke words of faith. They spoke encouragement over me. They let me know that they had that and I didn't have to worry. And I'm telling you, who is it in your life that'll call you up, that'll speak life into you, that will encourage you, that will give you spiritual strength when you need it most? Do you have that? You're one person away from the encouragement maybe you need to change your destiny. You're one person away in agreement from reaching something that God wants you to reach. Jesus said, if any two of you, in Matthew 18, 19, if any two of you will agree as touching anything that you will ask, it shall be done of my Father in heaven. Why did he want us to get an agreement? Because we need each other. He said, two of you, not just one of you, two of you. And then the next verse he said, and if two or three of you get together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Well, I thought God would be with me even if I was alone. He is. Is, but there's just a little more of him when you get two or three or four or four hundred of him in a room praising him. Come on, somebody. It, it lifts you like nothing else. And so we need that. So you, you need somebody who will help you be better, who will help you find spiritual strength. And then here's the third thing David had. You, you need a connection who tells you the truth. You need one of those, too. You you need somebody who will tell you the truth. And here's the person David had who would do this for him. His name was Nathan. Nathan was a prophet as well. And here's what happened. Many of you, you know how David had one mess up in his life. But it was was a royal mess up, literally. He was king, and, and he just royally messed up. But... He had so many great things that we can't even talk about all of them today. We, we can't even name or number all the great things that he did. But Nathan came to him one day and he says, I want to tell you a story. It's a story about two men. It's a story about a rich man who owned many sheep. He, he was very wealthy, very rich. And then next door was a guy who was very poor. He only had one little lamb that he bought. And, and they kind of raised it like a pet. that They would cuddle it, and, and it would eat at their table even with them. And the kids loved it. And it was just like their, their pet lamb at their house. And he says, and one day the rich guy had a friend come in and he was going to prepare dinner for him. And instead of going out and picking a sheep from all the sheep he had, he went over and grabbed the one lamb from that poor man and sacrificed it and offered it for dinner to his friend. And David was enraged. He said, who is that guy who would dare to do something like that he had plenty and instead he goes over and takes that little lamb from that guy Uh, tell me his name he should be killed or at least he should pay back four times over what he took and Nathan said this 
He said, you are the man. You're the man. Oh, but David, we're not talking about sheep, are we? Some little lamb? Nah. Now, see, you have been blessed. And if you wanted anything, God would give it to you. You've been blessed so much. You've had so many women. You had so much at your fingertips, so many riches and everything. You've had everything you wanted. If you wanted more, you could have asked. But instead, you went and you took Uriah's wife as your own. And to cover it up, you had him killed. You are the man. And David said, I have sinned. And if you want to read how he wept and how he poured out his heart to God, you can read it in Psalm 51 of how he said to God, don't, don't take the Holy Spirit from me over this. And, and please, God, don't leave me. I, I'm wrong and I know it. He didn't say, well, you know, a guy's going to be a guy. And my wife, you know, she wasn't all that. She was failing in her responsibilities to me. Or I deserve better than this. Or hey, I'm the king. And I should get whatever I want. He didn't do any of that. Didn't make any excuses for his sin. He recognized it for what it was. It wasn't a mistake. It was sin. In his sin, he repented before God, and God still called him a man after his own heart, but it's because somebody called him out. Somebody was friend enough. Now listen, the higher you go, the harder it is to find people like this. See, when you're the king, it's hard to find people who will tell you you're the man. Because you control their paycheck. You control their livelihood. You, you, and you know, in his day, you controlled their life. And so you need some people in, in your life that don't care what title you wear, that don't care all about that stuff. In other words, they just care about you enough to tell you the truth. Here's what Proverbs says also. It says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So in other words, look around. Do you have the kind of friends that can lift you to another level? Look around. If all your friends are addicted, how are you going to get free? If all your friends are divorced, how's your marriage going to be better? If all your friends have been arrested, chances are that's going to happen to you. So if you're tired of the same old, same old, you may, not, you may not know this, but I hope you know it now. You're one relationship away from a better marriage. You're one relationship away from overcoming addiction. You're one relationship away from leaving depression, from getting in better shape, from becoming a stronger leader, and maybe meeting Christ in the power of His Holy Spirit. 
It might be just one person away. So here, here's how we're going to wrap this up, all right? Let me just make this real practical. We're getting ready to launch the 2020 winter-spring small groups of Crossroads, the life groups, we call them, of Crossroads. And here's how you can get involved. If you have a computer or a phone that connects to the internet, all you have to do is go to our website and you can find our life groups and find the listing of the life groups and figure out when they meet, where they meet, who's in the group, things like that. And, and you can figure it out on your own. If you don't have a computer and an internet connection, you can go to the library and you can get an internet connection. So you could do that. Or here's what you could do. You could fix it today. You could check the card the little form that you should have received in your handout, and you can say, hey, it's time I get in a group. I'm interested in a group, or I'm interested, some of you, several of you, in leading a group. That's right. You could lead one. And, and so what you can do is, and if you choose to attend one, here's what you do. You just call before you go, because they may all have the flu or something, okay, and they called the meeting off, and you don't know that, so call ahead, say, hey, I'm wanting to visit your group, and I'll be there tonight, and, and so is there anything I need to bring? No, just come on, we'd love to have you, and you just say, hey, it's great to visit your group. I'm just visiting. <laughs> this is how it works at Crossroads, okay? And at the end of the night, you can say, Hey, thank you guys. It's been real. It's been fun. Maybe it hasn't been real fun, but you don't say that. But you say, hey, I'll, I'll call. You know, I, I was just here tonight, or we were just here tonight to just check it out. And, 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 and you know, we may check out a couple other groups and all, and that's okay. Do you hear me? That is okay to do that. And if you're already in a group and you don't like the group that you're in so much, then here's what would be great. You get out of that group, become the leader of a group, and pick the people you like, okay? <laughs> Seriously, you can do that, and we'll help you. You just pick the ones you want uh, to be in your group. And, and you can start a new group. And by the way, in every group, doesn't matter, in every group, there's somebody who's just at least a little annoying, all right? <laughs> every group. And if you say, Craig, not my group... And if you're not in a group, again, if you're not in a group, hey, we'll help you become a leader of a group. We'll help you to do that. Let me give you one more verse. That verse I gave you guys this morning. Here, here's one that the Lord laid on my heart. 
Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You, you can't do those one another sitting in a row. You can't. And, and you know, preachers love to preach this one, and I've done this, uh, about Sunday, you better be here on Sunday. Don't quit meeting like some people do. And I think it's important to be here every Sunday, but let me tell you something. I don't think that's really the full context of this. I think it's talking about life groups. I think it's talking about smaller groups than just big rooms. Because he says, you need to get around somebody and get spurred on. You need somebody who will spur you on sometimes, and sometimes you need to be doing the spurring. And sometimes you need prayed for, and sometimes you need to be praying for people. And, and, and here's my hope today. My hope is that you'll move beyond believing this is true. Because how many of you believe that exercise is important. As a matter of fact, there's probably nobody here that would say, oh, I don't think exercise does a thing. So, so we all believe it's important, but that's not what's important, right? That's not what's important. It's not important that you believe it. It only helps you if you do it. And it's not important that you believe what I'm saying today. What, what matters and what could change your life is if you do something about it. So here's what my prayer is today. God, help us not just to be hearers. Help us, help us to be doers of it. So today, after service, some of you need to go to the Connect Center and say, you know what? I think I'm supposed to be one of those leaders. I think I'm supposed to be a life group leader. And we'll do everything we can to help you. And let me tell you something. If you're afraid because you think, well, I'm not a teacher, then you're a great candidate to be a life group leader because you don't teach Okay, if you're a teacher, you're not a good life group leader. Because here's what a good life group leader does. They just get it going and it takes off. Because you sit in a circle, not like this. You're not teaching people. You're saying, let's talk about this sermon. Let's talk about our friendships. Let's talk this week. Let, let's not just move on to the next sermon. Let, let's get down to it and let's say, am I where I need to be for other people? And do I have the people in my life that I need for myself? And I'm telling you, that's power. And, and a, a life group leader has a great night when they hardly talk. Wow, that was a great meeting. I hardly spoke. Because you guys just took off. It's awesome. And so anybody, anyone can do it. 
and we'll help you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that connections make all the difference in our lives. I'm so grateful for the connections I've had and that I do have. So God, today, help us to take a next step. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Craig, I I don't have all those people in my life that you talked about. But I'm going to make some changes. I need to make some additions. Some of you maybe need to make some subtractions in your life and get the right people around so you can go to the right places of what God has for you. If you're here today and you say, Craig, I want that in my life. I want to have the right people in 2020 in my life. I want to be the right person for others in 2020 in their lives as well. Will you just raise a hand up toward God and say, yeah, that's my prayer this year. God, use my life and flow through my life from others. Father, you see every hand that's raised, hands all over this room. And God, I pray that you will help us, first of all, to be what we need to be for others. But then, God, all of us struggle. All of us have times. And we need other people in our lives. And so, God, we pray today that we just would reevaluate that. And for those of us who need to maybe do some subtraction, I pray you'll help, help us to have the courage to do that, to do the right thing. And then to have the boldness to go and to connect with the people we do need to connect with. And God, I know it'll turn our lives around. Maybe you're here today, others of you, that if you were honest, you'd have to say, I'm not a friend of God. The Bible talks about we can become a friend of God. It's, it's crazy, but the Bible says Abraham was the friend of God. And I used to grow up in church that's saying, what a friend we have in Jesus. And I want you to know today that my best friend, the friend that I know that sticks closer than any brother, the the friend that I cling to most of all is my friend Jesus. And I can face the whole world with Jesus on my side. But if you're here today and you'd say, Craig, if, I, if I'm really honest today, I, I don't feel like I've got a friend with Jesus. I, I know about Jesus, or I've heard about Jesus, or I, I once walked with Jesus, but, but I wouldn't say today that I'm a friend of Jesus. If you'd like to change that relationship, shoot your hand in the air right now and just say, Craig, pray for me right now, and I'll do that. How many are here? Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. You want to be God's friend. You need friendship with God today. Is there somebody else? All right, we're going to pray. Yes, back here. God bless you. We're going to pray. All all church family, come on. Nobody prays alone. Let's pray this together. And, And especially those who raise your hand, just pray it to God and invite God into your life today and be that friend. Let him be that friend to you. Just say these words. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to make a way for me. I know his death on the cross paid the price for my sin. And I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. And I want a relationship with you. So today I invite you in to start my life over 
from this moment forward as much as I know how I surrender my life to you thank you for coming in and accepting me as a friend of God in Jesus name amen come on somebody it's awesome Listen, one more thing we're going to do. Just hold tight. We're going to take communion at at the conclusion of this service. And so I'm going to ask those who are serving us to quickly just move and and get ready. And, And here's the thing. The reason why I can be God's friend is this right here. The reason you have any hope of going to heaven, of being God's friend, of being in communion with Him, of Him answering any of your prayers is because of what we're going to celebrate here. And it's Christ.